Oral questions by members? Member for Abbotsford West. Mr. Speaker, uh, in communities across British Columbia, the epidemic of violent crime continues to get worse. Innocent people are being stabbed, beaten, and brutally assaulted at a rate we've never seen before. And the one expectation that every reasonable person would have is that when a repeat offender who has committed a violent crime, who has breached conditions of their release, who is the subject of a warrant for arrest, that this government would at least ask the court to have that person detained pending their trial. But the data that the government uh, has released confirms that in fully half of those cases, half of those cases, the government didn't even ask for detention. Yes, the courts are independent, but I can guarantee you this, Mr. Speaker, if the government doesn't ask to have that violent repeat offender detained, he or she won't be. Can the Premier explain why in half the cases of a violent repeat offender being back before the courts on a new charge, the government didn't even ask in the name of public safety to have that person detained? Attorney General. I just want to thank the member for the question on this very important issue. Public safety is something that this government takes very seriously. In fact, um, we've been leading the charge to ask for bail reform from the federal government. We issued a directive to the BC Prom Prosecution Service that resulted in the strictest bail policy in all of Canada. Um, and the preliminary results are showing that in majority of those cases, detentions are, are being denied. That's why, uh, Mr. Speaker, we as a government have been seeking federal reform to the criminal code, which is the law of the land. We've joined uh, ministers from across this country and received a commitment from the federal government that as early as this spring, they would amend the criminal code. And we as a government will continue to keep that pressure on. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Member for Abbotsford West Supplemental. Uh, thanks, uh, Mr. Speaker. Well, to the attorney, the government can ask for all the reforms it wants. I can guarantee you this. If the government doesn't ask to have a violent repeat offender detained, they won't be. And in half of the cases that came before the courts, according to this data, the government didn't even bother to ask. A year ago, we provided a draft directive to this government that focused precisely on violent, prolific, repeat offenders. Now, the government sat on its hands for almost a year, Mr. Speaker. The attorney hasn't answered the question. With the rate of violent crime, the list of innocent victims piling up, why on earth is the government refusing to at least ask the courts in half of the cases of repeat violent offenders who are wanted on a warrant, who have already breached a condition of release, is the government not even asking in the name of public safety to have those violent offenders detained? Attorney General. 
Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Um, public safety is something we take very seriously, and that's why we have the strictest bail policy in all of Canada. In fact, Saskatchewan has adopted our bail policy. As the member knows, as an affirming, a former Attorney General, the Crown Council is, is tasked with making independent charge assessments, but what we know is that when they do seek detention, they've determined that there's a public safety um, risk or there's public confidence at risk of the just system. That's when they're seeking detention, and in those cases, in a majority of time, that's denied. What we have said as a government repeatedly and what we'll continue to say is the federal government needs to make bail reform a priority. The Premier met with Premiers across the country last Friday. I issued a letter to Minister Lametti asking for those changes, and we'll continue to advocate for them. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Member for... Member for City South. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. And once again, instead of addressing the Premier's failed catch and release justice system, the NDP has opted to manipulate the numbers. The Premier only told half of the story when he tried to shift the blame for not doing his job on delivering on the promises that he made. The reality is, is that under this soft-on-crime Premier, the province only seeks detention of violent offenders who breach their bail conditions in 50% of the cases. So if a prolific offender commits a violent crime while out, while out on bail, why on earth wouldn't this government want to, at the very least, make the argument that this person should be held in custody for public safety? Attorney General. Um, thank you, Mr. Speaker. And as the member would know, as somebody who's participated in the criminal justice system before, Crown Council has the independent uh, charge assessment process. But what we do know um, with the stats that were held and released by the BC Prosecution Service is that when Crown has made an assessment that public safety is at issue or the public confidence in the justice system is at issue and they're seeking detention, that in, in, um, in a majority of time that's denied. <coughs> That's why we're calling on bail reform. It's the law of the land under the criminal code, which is the federal government. We're joining provinces across this country. We're also seeing a rise in repeat violent offenders to call upon the federal government for those changes, and we'll continue to do so. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Member for Surrey South Supplemental. Thank you, Mr. Speaker, and our Attorney General is correct. I do have experience working with our criminal justice system. So I do know for a fact that it is this Attorney General who sets the framework for charge assessments in British Columbia. It's this Attorney General that would be setting the guidelines for what's considered in the public interest. And I can tell you that we've been asking them to consider it in the public interest to put people's safety above the rights of criminals in this province. talk about criminality and problems in other provinces, but the reality is, is that BC stands out with its exceptionally low charge approval rates, minimal population of individuals held in custody, and a soaring number of violent criminals. And yesterday's data just validates everything that we have been saying about the NDP's catch and release justice system. Even as this government insists and kept insisting that the system isn't broken, if you're not already seeing the detention, see, if you're not seeking the detention of half of repeat offenders who've already demonstrated, they've already demonstrated that they're in breach of conditions, then there's something wrong with your directive. 
Meanwhile, four people a day are randomly attacked in Vancouver every single day, Mr. Speaker. So instead of deflecting blame onto judges or the federal government, will the Attorney General take responsibility and mandate that in every case involving a prolific offender committing a violent crime while out on bail, that they're going to seek detention? Attorney General. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. We have the strictest bail policy in all of Canada. In fact, the Saskatchewan has adopted largely our bail policy. We have asked our Crown Council, as I mentioned before, to use everything that they can within the current federal law to address repeat violent offenders. They make independent charge assessments, as I mentioned before, and when they make those assessments and they determine that public safety and the public confidence in the justice system is at risk, they seek detention. What we know from the preliminary data and what I've raised concerns about is that changes to the federal criminal code are needed before our Crown Council and our justice has the tools necessary to actually obtain that detention when it's needed. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. House Leader, third party. Yeah, thank you, Mr. Speaker. More than 11,000 British Columbians have died from uh, toxic, illicit drugs since 2016. It's the leading cause of unnatural deaths in our province, and these deaths, Mr. Speaker, are preventable. Of all the people who use drugs in this province, less than 1% can access safe supply, according to this government's own numbers. Hundreds of thousands of British Columbians use drugs, and 100,000 of those people have an opioid de dependence. This government says that saving lives is their first priority, and yet 99% of the people who use drugs, whether daily, on the weekends, or just once in a while, or just once, only have access to a toxic supply that's killing thousands of British Columbians. This government could expand safe supply and save thousands of lives, but they're concerned about their own political viability. As Mum Stop the Harm writes, it's the result of stigma and lack of will on the part of policymakers, end quote. So my question, Honourable Speaker, is to the Minister of Mental Health and Addictions, when will she expand safe supply to anyone who needs it in this province? Minister of Mental Health and Addictions. Thank you very much, uh, Honourable Speaker, and I thank the member for raising a very important question uh, with respect to work that we have done in this province that is, um, that is uh, ahead of where many other jurisdictions are at with respect to supporting uh, individuals who use drugs, working to have, uh, create measures to try and separate individuals from the toxic drug supply. Uh, we stood up our prescribed safer supply program in the midst of the early days of COVID through our risk mitigation guidelines on the advice of public health officials in order to uh, try to support individuals in the, in the midst of the pandemic and in the, in the midst of profound dis the profound disruption that the, that the pandemic brought. We were working very hard with, uh, with providers, with our health authorities, with physicians, with regulatory bodies to expand. Uh, the, uh, the availability of prescribed safer supply. We are adding uh, 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 more and more physicians and nurse practitioners are stepping up every, every month to provide those services. We know the regulatory bodies are, are working, health authorities are working, we'll continue to do that work. We understand the importance of measures to separate people from the toxic drug supply. House Leader, third party supplemental. Yeah, thank you, Mr. Speaker. This government should uh, be acknowledged for taking the first step, but the steps are not far going far enough. Data released uh, found that First Nations people are five times more likely to die 
from toxic drug poisoning than the rest of the population. Indigenous women died at 11 times the rate of other women in British Columbia. The First Nations Health Authority said that First Nations people uh, have even worse access to substance use treatment, including safe supply, than the rest of the population. This mass death is the result of policy failures and policies that do not go far enough, and it's disproportionately harming First Nations people. BCNDP government is no ignoring the advice of its own experts. The chief coroner acknowledged the longest public health emergency in the province's history, calling it a, in, a crisis of incomprehensible scale. The chief coroner's death review panel asked this government to go further on safe supply through medical prescription and compassion club models. Expanded safe supply and compassion clubs access is nowhere to be seen in British Columbia. My question, Mr. Speaker, is to the Premier. Why has he not supported the expansion of safe supply to stop the mass casualties that we're seeing month after month after month, and in fact, year after year after year, Mr. Speaker? Minister of Mental Health and Addictions. Thank you, uh, thank you, Honourable Speaker, and uh, and I and I do I do want to just uh, acknowledge the um, and thank the thank the member for raising the disproportionate impact of this crisis on uh, on Indigenous people, and I am grateful to the work that is done through our First Nations Health Authority, uh, working very closely with uh, First Nations Health Council and First Nations and our regional health authorities to identify those uh, gaps in care and supports for Indigenous people that are so critical for us to, to work on to, uh, to, turn the, to turn the tide on this, uh, on, on the toxic drug crisis. Since March 2020, nearly 12,000 people have been connected with prescribed safer supply. And in February 2023, over 4,800 people received a prescribed safer supply, and 330 of these were people who we connected to a prescription for the first time. And those are very, that's a very, that's a very important um, uh, a progress in terms of uh, having those individuals in a system connected with, um, with care so that we can continue to support and continue to, uh, to support that individual on their wellness journey. And I uh, know that um, uh, the coroner has done important work with respect to, um, to, to looking at how safe supply is, is working and has confirmed that um, that, that, that safe supply is a, a helpful and important tool, as our public health officials have, um, have, uh, have also advised. Um, work is underway to uh, evaluate how prescribed safer supply is, uh, is, is being offered, and we are working uh, with all of our partners to, uh, to scale up that program so that we can separate more people from the toxic drug supply. Member for Kamloops, North Thompson. Well, thank you, Mr. Speaker, and, and I can appreciate the Attorney General. It, it must be frustrating uh, to have to clean up the mess from the previous Attorney General because the Premier was the Attorney General for five years, did create a soft on crime catch and release system that we're seeing the ramifications of today. And what the data has shown is that the changes to the direction or directives by this government haven't worked. 50% of the people are not moving forward and being held. They're being released. Under the Soft on Crime Premier's catch and release justice system, there's still four unprovoked stranger assaults every single day in Vancouver, Mr. Speaker. Despite all of the hollow rhetoric coming from this government, the empty announcements, violent, prolific offenders continue to cause chaos. Yesterday, we learned that the attacker in the high-profile Surrey Skytrain random stabbing 
was apprehended and then promptly released back into the community. This unprovoked stranger attack left the victim with serious stab wound to their stomach. Mr. Speaker, what British Columbians want to know is how can someone stab a person on the SkyTrain one day and be promptly released back on the street and why are half of violent repeat offenders being let off the hook by this soft on crime premier? Attorney General. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. As I mentioned before, this government takes public safety very seriously. I mentioned earlier about having the strictest bail policy in all of Canada and the efforts that we're taking to step up and call on the federal government to make that change to the criminal code. The judges are tasked with implementing independently the laws of the land, and this, in this case, it falls within the federal government to amend the criminal code. But we're not, we're not stopping there, Mr. Speaker. We take public safety so seriously that I'm working with my colleagues across this side to stand up programming across this, uh, across this province to re address repeat violent offenders. In May 1st, we'll have the Repeat Violent Offender um, Intervention Initiative, which will be a collaboration between Crown Council, police officers, probation officers, to circle around these, pro these prolific violent offenders and to help use every tool in our justice system to address their violence. My colleague from um, Public Safety is, is invested, the largest investment in this province's history in the RCMP officers, and my colleague from Mental Health and Addictions has invested $1 billion in mental health and addiction supports. We're working together as a government to address public safety in this province, and we'll continue to do so. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Member for Kamloops North Thompson Supplemental. Mr. Speaker, the best protection for a community against a violent prolific offender is to keep the violent prolific offender in jail. We know if you don't ask, they won't grant. And now we know that with the, with the data, the provincial prosecutors only seek detention for dangerous criminals who commit more crimes while on bail 50% of the time. That's it. That's on this Premier. It's simply not good enough. In Nanaimo, three criminals were pulled over for driving a truck with no insurance. Inside, police found drugs, face masks, zap straps, a large hunting knife, a collapsible baton, a baseball bat, and a tactical semi-automatic pistol grip shotgun. Doesn't sound like they were going to a ball field and doesn't sound like they were going duck hunting, Mr. Speaker. Violent criminals. That's what they use to carry out violent crimes. And one of these individuals even had multiple outstanding warrants. But despite the overwhelming evidence, Mr. Speaker, all three were released back into community. That's the 50% that don't even get detention sought by this government. When will the Premier stop prioritizing criminals' rights to reoffend and start putting the safety of communities like Nanaimo and everywhere else in this province first? Attorney General. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. As I mentioned, um, we're a government that takes public safety very seriously. In fact, some of the communities that were mentioned by the previous member, Nanaimo, Cranbrook, they're what the sites of these hubs for repeat violent offender initiatives. This, this was built on a program that existed in 2012 that was cut by that government. 
What we saw in that program was a 40% reduction in repeat violent offending, and we've stood up that team very quickly. The BC Prosecution Service, along with police and probation officers, have, have done amazing work in terms of standing up those hubs across. We've announced 12 across this province, and as of May 1st, they'll be operational. It's, 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 it's amazing work, uh, Mr. Speaker, to have that stood up. It's because we care about public safety. We care about investing in the things that are going to make this situation better for people across this province, and we'll continue to do so. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Member for Skeena. Honourable Speaker, uh, this spin cycle and the blame game is getting tiresome. Because it's the residents of BC that are suffering because of the spin cycle from this government. Especially when you consider a solution was offered by this side of the House that would have had immediate results. Instead of these year-long spin cycles promoted by this government. When we're talking about the safety of our citizens. Speak up, I can't hear you. Member will continue. Please continue. Violent repeat offenders keep causing havoc and getting released back on the street. And no amount of NDP political spin is going to change that. It was over a year ago that I asked the Premier about his catch and release justice system and the chaos and crime and terrorists. He dismissed the issue as mere anecdotes. Those were his words. Then we had this government claim the system isn't broken. Well, now British Columbians are saying that the system is broken. My question is to the Premier. If a prolific offender and terrorist commits a violent crime while out in bail, why doesn't the government prioritize public safety by at least making an effort to keep them detained instead of releasing them half the time? Attorney General. Uh, thank you, Mr. Speaker. We have the, tr the strictest bail policy in all of Canada. Mr. Speaker, we've asked our Crown Council through a directive to seek detention in, in, in situations where repeat violent offending is at issue. They make their independent assessments and they do so, Mr. Speaker. And as I mentioned earlier, this is why we, we see and have been advocating every time I get asked this question in this House, including my predecessors, have been saying federal reform is needed to the criminal code um, in order to make those changes. We have seen, unfortunately, this issue of violence be in many cities across this country. Um, we have joined premiers and ministers from across this country to talk about public safety issues and to call upon the federal government to make the changes in the criminal code, but also help us with resources in terms of responding. We haven't stopped in terms of standing up the programs and using every tool in our toolkit to address this issue, and we'll continue to do so. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Member for Skeena Supplemental. Honourable Speaker, there was a solution provided in this House uh, by my colleague from Abbotsford West, a private member's bill that was not called by this government. There was 87 MLAs that could have debated that bill in the interest of keeping our community safe. That bill was not called. The results could have been immediate instead of this year-long process of spin cycles. Prolific offenders in communities like Vancouver, Nanaimo, terrorists continue to be put back into the community to attack people and businesses. The George Little House in Terrace has experienced multiple break-ins, with the most recent just occurring last month. During three of these break-ins, thieves brazenly stole artwork from local artists and badly damaged this beautiful heritage building, and this was all captured on video. 
Debbie Latosky from George Little House says, quote, these incidents have caused considerable financial hardship and loss, as well as taking an emotional and physical toll on my health and well-being, end quote. This is what British Columbians are feeling. Boarded up storefronts, violence, and sleepless nights are not what the residents of BC deserve. My question is to the Premier. What will it take for the Premier to abandon his catch and release justice system and finally deliver the public safety that he promised? Attorney General. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Uh, we take public safety very seriously. We've taken unprecedented action as a government when it comes to standing up the programs, investing in the resources to address this issue. We know British Columbians um, deserve to feel safe in their communities. Mr. Speaker, my role um, as a just system is to make sure that the, we have the tools needed to address this issue, whether it's the repeat offender initiative that we're standing up in 12 hubs across this province, or the bail reform policy that we're calling and taking a leadership role on for the federal government, or it's the directive that we issued. We're also investing in things that are needed. We have a 32% increase in the Crown Council budget, um, and that's after the opposition starved it for years. Um, we have 21 new dedicated Crown prosecutors that are part of repeat offenders' response teams, and my colleague has, has put an unprecedented investment in RCMP officers throughout the BC. We've taken action, and we'll continue to take action on this issue. Thank you. Member for Caribou Chilcotin. Well, thank you, Mr. Speaker. The attorney is right in suggesting that the residents of our province do deserve to feel safe. What the people of British Columbia don't understand is how is it possible to stab a resident one day of this province and be released the next. The Premier has an obligation, Mr. Speaker, to keep the residents of this province safe. The NDP government has made many announcements, but they have made no progress whatsoever. Random attacks, violence and total disorder caused by prolific offenders continues and not a single NDP announcement has made any difference. What the people of Caribou Chilcotin don't understand is why it's not always in the public's best interest to at least try and detain prolific offenders who commit violent crimes while on bail. Why only try and detain prolific offenders, Mr. Speaker, half of the time. Attorney General. Uh, thank you, Mr. Speaker. We have the strictest, strictest bail policy, as I mentioned, in all of Canada. Um, and that bail policy sets out, under the federal law, the tools that are needed for Crown, Crown Council to make their independent assessments and decide, is public safety at issue here? Is there something that undermines the public confidence of our justice system? And when they seek that attention, or that detention, um, the majority of the time it's denied. Clearly, it doesn't matter, um, it doesn't matter how many times they seek. What's needed is changes to the criminal code, which is what I've been saying, um, and, and what we're taking action on and advocating to the federal government. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Member for Prince George, Wilmont. Well, what the Attorney General knows is that you can't keep doing the same thing over and over again and expect different results. Instead of defending the current situation, what the Attorney General needs to do is revisit the directive that her government finally got around to issuing to ensure that every single time Crown seeks detention of a prolific offender who has committed a violent act while on bail. 
That's exactly what this Attorney General could and should do, and she knows it. The fact of the matter is that British Columbians are worried about the explosion of violent crime and prolific offenders. And you can imagine their surprise when they found out, according to the government's own data, that this government doesn't even ask for detention in half of the cases where prolific offenders are involved. So it may be difficult for the Premier to accept, but blaming everyone else is inappropriate. When the province fails to take action in half of all the cases involving repeat prolific offenders, and they are committing crimes while they are on bail. The Attorney General knows she could do something about that. In fact, we gave her a roadmap over a year ago about a directive that would have made a specific difference related to prolific offenders. Instead, they chose to do something else. People are fed up with the never-ending violence in this province and this soft-on-crime premier. So today, will the Attorney General do the right thing? Will she revisit the directive and ensure that when prolific offenders commit violent acts while they are on bail, that every single time the Crown will seek detention? Attorney General. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I, I want to start by saying yes, we did receive a draft directive from um, the member opposite. Our lawyers looked at it and it would have been unconstitutional. Um, we we had if issued a directive that has resulted in the strictest bail policy in all of Canada, Mr. Speaker. The, the Crown Council, as, as I think two former Attorney Generals have spoken and asked me questions, they understand that the Crown Council makes independent charge assessments when it comes to it. But what we do know is when they are seeking detention, there's an issue of public safety and public administration of the justice system. When they seek de that detention, a majority of the times um, it's denied. So whether um, we, our directive is a solid one, um, in fact, Saskatchewan has adopted it. But what's clear with the preliminary data is we need um, changes to the criminal code. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Member for Prince George Belmont, supplemental. Well, the fact of the matter is the Attorney General knows the directive is not working. And, and how can it not be in the public's best interest when a prolific offender can stab someone one day and be out on the streets the next day and this government doesn't seek detention? just don't believe that anymore. They are terrified to be in their communities. They don't want to get on buses. They're afraid to get on transit in British Columbia. It is time for this Attorney General and the soft on crime Premier to acknowledge Shh, that something different must be done. British Columbians deserve that. So to the Attorney General, will she get up and commit to revisiting the directive that clearly is not working when a prolific offender can commit a crime while on bail and end up on the street the next day. Attorney General. Uh, thank you, Mr. Speaker. I agree with the member opposite that something different does need to be done. The federal government needs to change the criminal code.
our justice system has better tools to address this challenge. But as I mentioned before, we are using every tool in our toolkit to address this. We take it very seriously. That includes standing up a program that they cut in 2012 and making it better. That includes uh, investing in our RCMP across this province, particularly members, in the area. We'll continue members, to do the work. Members we'll will come to, to order. Member, members. Member. Member will come to order. That's enough. Attorney General, you want to conclude, please? Mr. Speaker, we'll continue to do the work necessary to make this better for British Columbians. Thank, Thank you. you. The bell ends the question period. 